The wait is over and Texas hockey is back, bigger and better than ever. You won't want to miss a single shot, hit, or save. Experience the intensity of Dallas Stars hockey at American Airlines Center this season and secure your seats at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Sliding in uh, slick as snot on a doorknob, Podman Rush in between road trips. That's what we're doing here. Mike Heike is back after taking a week off from everything. Mike, did you, did you center yourself? Did you get yourself sorted away? What went on? Uh, yes, uh, I went, uh, the Sherpa took me up to the top of the mountain. <laughs> I saw God and then I came back. Wow. Really? Well, hopefully you found some things out up there. It's like the plot to a Batman movie. Yeah, a little. <laughs> we found out a bit more about these 2023-24 stars, didn't we? First, yes. first cracks in the veneer as scoring's dried up some. Injuries have, is it a rose or a risen? What do you say? A risen, I think. Is it? Yeah. Are we grouping them all together, though? Would that not be a rose? Or is that a thorn? That's an interesting discussion. <laughs> and the D, the D for the first time really got shuffled a little bit. So yeah. where, where would the convivial keyboard assassin like to start? Um, I guess the question would be is how do they get their chemistry going when they do have injuries? Because somebody asked me on, on uh, Twitter today, uh, what's the difference between 11-7? And, and I'm just like, you know, I don't think they like that at all. <laughs> I think they mm. hate 11, the Dallas Stars. Because they're oh, saying, nobody, oh, Ed, Edmonton li- does it. Well, if you have a specialty defenseman or you want to give your forwards extra time, I get it. But it just goes against everything that they've tried to build over the last year, where it's four lines, 3D pair, chemistry, role. You know, it just it just really breaks everything up. Yeah. I was trying to remember other teams. You mentioned Edmonton and and they're they just go exclusively with it almost. And it's not going very well in oil country. No. Uh, but the understanding when you have a special player as Connor McDavid and the idea that, you know, get them out there with a couple a couple of lines yeah. rather than somebody else. But and that the, did work for Jason Robertson last night. I thought he had one of his better games, and he played with pretty much everybody. Did Tampa Bay used to do that, or do they do they, that? Were they another they team? That did. did I haven't seen them lately. I thought they did that a little yeah. bit, uh, and again, maybe a, more out of necessity than desire. But yeah, it's imperfect. It's tough. You, you know, you. I don't know. Uh, but it does to me it does emphasize the fact this team wants four lines that stick together kind of consistently they're still searching yeah. for chemistry on their d pairs they would love to get to that place where they can just roll and come from the next game and it's the same guys and get that consistency like they had at times last year yeah i mean every team would like that there was also a time when fourth lines got out there for like a shift you just rolled three lines, you yeah. know, uh, you know, or two and a half. And 
a couple of defensemen and rotated in some other guys in that. But there's just so much energy they have to put into it feels like every single shift and every period in order to keep up. There there is no lollygag in today's <laughs> NHL. No lollygaggers. So it was interesting the you know, it started in Vancouver. They threw the youngsters together, Lundquist and Harley. Uh and and slap the veterans back together that played pretty much exclusively with one another last year in Essa Lindell and and uh Hawk and Paw. I I was asked, you know, I stopped by the the stalls of Hawk and Paw and Lindell. They sit right next to one another in the room. I'm like, so you guys are back together, huh? And Essa, who's dry. I wish I understood him all the time, but he's a pretty dry sense of humor. And he's like, yes, I, I think maybe Needles and and Thomas had enough of us. <laughs> and it was just like, I don't think that was the reason why things got changed around. But, um, and like Pete told told me, you know, we were asking after the Edmonton game because it was a bit of a a rough go at times, especially late in that game. They were playing the second game of a back to back, but. Young guys in particular kind of got one of those, whoa, yeah, a little can be a little different here. And he was looking forward to seeing how they would bounce back in Vancouver in the next one. But like he said, there's nowhere to hide on the road. You you can't you you can kind of hide guys at home as you get last change and you can make sure certain individuals aren't out there as much against, you know, whoever on the other side. On the road, you just don't get that. You just don't. And, yeah. uh, so it's sinkers. It's a little bit of sink or swim, but I, you know, I think both guys at times have played really, really well. And they're just trying to, they're still trying to get it fully cruising, uh, in, in a complete hockey game. That, that seems to be the, the tough thing to, to really grab a hold of here. 11 games in the, you know, they, there've been times where, you look at them and you're like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a club that everybody's going to have to deal with. And then there are times you're like, oh my God, they've got some work to do. And it happens within the same game. Yeah. I need to break down the shots on goal by period. Cause it's just been ridiculous. I'm like, what, 23 to four against. And last night, I think it was what, 18 to five in the third yeah. period or something like that. What? That, was, that was a good part of it. In the first period? Or no, all in the third. third last night, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's the thing. Maybe it's just the nature of of the games in twenty twenty three, where at one point last night the shots were fourteen seven for the Bruins in the first period, and you're right. like, oh my god, here we go again. Then it starts to get a power play. All of a sudden, it looks almost even, and then Dallas gets in the third. Bruins are trying to hold on to a lead. They backed off doing much. Stars are pouring everything they have into it and just throwing petroleum at the net. And, uh, and you get a shot differential like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no real, uh, com- common plot that it feels like yeah. that goes on, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't follow the, the, like a novel path or something where you have, uh, the genouement and the, climax and all these things building up it's just like it's all over the map look at you a novelist well i i try 
They're not they're not <laughs> scoring as much as they can and are going to have to. Some guys have had a, a slow start that way. I was kind of surprised. You mentioned Jason Robertson, and I was wondering, like, 10 games in last year or the year before when he scored 40 in both seasons, where was he 10 games in? And he was not lighting up the opposition in the opening 10 games in either of those years. I think his high was five Yeah, last year. And he has a couple of goals this year. It's just expected to score when you score 46. All those guys, you know, there's, there's a, and I, it was interesting. I was talking with the Bruins broadcasters last night about Pasternak, you know, coming off 61 last year and understanding that every year you got to find different ways of getting open and getting your chances. If you're going to consistently be a 40, 50, hopefully 60 goal guy, because teams just game plan for you and the stuff that you used to get they have torn through video to make sure that those things are not as available when you're playing them. So you have to more, I, I think you have to morph a, a, a little bit and, and change things. He's such a cerebral player too. I, I'm sure he will and get, get rocking. And then all of a sudden we'll be looking at, Oh my God, Robo's a 20 already. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think you're right. What he's done and what he talked about, what he did in the summer is he looks for something different every time. You know, hey, I want to I want a one timer. Hey, I want to redirect pucks. Uh, he, he doesn't sit still. He's going to have and, a tough time redirecting pucks when he always shoots from a foot inside the blue line. <laughs> That's a true statement. But I think, you know, in the flow of things, just, you know, have that in his golf bag, so to speak. Uh, mm. I do think he's trying to do different things. Um, it, it does look, and this is just with all of them, you, I think we try and pick him apart too much. It looks like he's standing around sometimes or, or maybe cheating to the offensive end um, at times instead of just putting his head down and playing the game. But, you know, I'm not out there, so I don't know, you know, what his assignment is or or, you know, how hard it is. Like I, I was critical of Miro the other day and, and, you know, I just think he's making different mistakes and maybe he's, you know, thinking too much, but again, I'm not out there and I don't have to be one of the top defense in the league, but uh, it, there are little things that just look off. It doesn't look easy for the stars right now. Mike, I think everyone appreciates you uh, clearing up the <laughs> fact that you're not out there. That helps. Well, I could be. Yeah. There was some confusion with that. Uh, what did you think of the road trip? Teams they faced, uh, Calgary was a mess when we went in yep. there. But with with mess comes a ramped up urgency and you could see it within the game at times and you got to hang on. The Edmonton Oilers, the rig, it's a rig blowout with them, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the whole thing's, I oh. mean. I don't mean to be mean because they, they're building whatever they're building, but you can't build a team with no goaltending and little defense. I mean, it's really hard when, when your goaltending just, I mean, you, you have the great quote of uh, goaltending's 90% of the game, unless it's bad goaltending, then it's 100%. And it's 100. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the weird thing when we were in Edmonton, and look, Suter and, and Haskinen played fantastic in that game as a, as a pair, played a lot, and obviously straight up against the big boys on their side. But I, I'm watching the game, and I came away, and I was like, as much as they were fantastic in shutting down McDavid, I think Connor McDavid shut down Connor McDavid in that game too with the yeah. way he, he was playing. He was terrible with the puck. 
even Dreisaitl missed the net a bunch of times, just things that they don't usually do. And there's no question that you can, the pressure is palpable up there in the Rose City. And they, uh, as just before we record this, they're putting Jack Campbell, the Stars' former first-round draft pick, on waivers. So they are going to at least move the deck chairs around a little bit at that position. Just so many expectations going into the year, and they have just been rancid. Got smoked by Vancouver last night. Vancouver was impressive when we were in there, like watching oh, yeah. them live. And it was something else. Like we're, we're watching the morning skate, and look, the Stars have a terrific coaching staff they're a really well coached team and you you look at who was on the ice for the Canucks man it was like the hockey hall of fame down there <laughs> you know you had you had Tockett both of the Sedin twins were on the ice with them at morning skate which was interesting to see yeah because they're not assistant coaches uh but they're incredible or were incredible offensive players when they played and they're obviously working for the organization uh, then you had Sergey Gonchar, you know, who was here for a little bit, yep. and uh, he hired by uh, Tockett. They were together in Pittsburgh, right? And uh, so they're going in. And Adam Foote's down there as well. Uh, it was it was quite a collection of, of guys from you know our era of of watching them with yeah, and, uniforms and good, on. Good cerebral players, good hockey minds. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they the way they played that night, and they got a great outing from their netminder. But even beyond that, they that that's a different Vancouver team. Just like when we were in Anaheim, and you know, Pete DeBoer said it before, and it was like the guys didn't uh, really absorb that until after getting mauled in the first period. There, that they're they're a different team than what you saw a year ago, and uh, they they continue to impressed so that was that, that was an interesting little little wake up i think in vancouver with a a club that is is going to be in the mix here in the western conference yeah the professional draft is set up the way it is for a reason i mean it does help poor teams get better and if you're at the bottom and you're drafting high for year after year you're you're going to get better and i think we're seeing that with you know teams like new jersey and vancouver and mm. you know they're just getting more talent Mm, they're organized. I can yes. tell you that. Then Boston comes in here. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Huh? This, they're just doing the same thing they did last year when they won 65 games. It's amazing. And I was looking at the, the lineup just on the dry erase board in the media room there. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, it's yeah. okay. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> but when you... When you have that tandem and goal and yep. every night you're getting as good, if not a better performance than whatever the opposition trots out. Yep. Pretty important position in, in the sport. And, and we certainly saw it. Swayman was awesome last night. Hey, can I ask uh, but, you that one? This is a, just a weird sidebar, but like, sure. I, I'm right now I'm just cooking raw with the Brooklyn boy. So for one last time, I need you all to roar, Mike. And I'm you don't I'm even understand old. what I'm doing. I'm too old Do for that. Oh my god! It's Jay Z encore. Oh, well, there you go. I should have known that. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? 
Oh. I think I've shown you my uh, my uh, phone with my uh, greatest uh, hits of the monkeys and uh, the guess who. Make this. I think such I got America's chore. greatest hits in there. <laughs> you make this such a chore. It is. Uh, How are we going to bring in the young audience, Mike? With you that's listening a good to question. Bread in America. I like bread. And I think I gave Saad a hard time when he was talking about Grand great Funk bands. Railroad. I said he didn't have any bread on his flight list. Doobie Brothers. Hey, can I ask you about the opposing goaltending and the Stars scoring chances? Because people are like, oh, they're not doing this. And I'm like, they've actually gotten some great scoring chances and they've made, or other goaltenders have really looked good against them. I mean, am I wrong on that? Or like, especially in these games against Vancouver and Boston and Vegas, I mean, it seems like they've actually done a pretty good job of getting some really good scoring chances. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I I would concur. The again, it's probably been too sporadic. It's been like like spasmic that they've yeah. they've generated these things. One and done, as they say. Well, yeah, a little bit of that, and and just okay. Well, this this period they looked like a juggernaut. Last period they couldn't get out of their own zone. You know that type of thing. Yeah. Um. But there's no question the, you, you know, you you always hear that argument or, or quotes coming out of, you know, we're making the opposition goalie the first star every night. And right. you, you can get that way when, when you have some guys that are, I don't want to say struggling because it's not really struggling. We're 10 games into the season, but they're not, they haven't scored. And they've had some chances. And the player will always say, well, as long as I'm getting chances, I, right. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I, I should be doing. And they're going to come. I'm, you know, I'm going to score some goals. At the same time, I think when guys are like that or are in that bit of a rut, they, they do not flow. They, they try to almost think or aim the puck into the net. And with that, you see a lot of belly button bullseye going on yep. and, and, uh, but look, th- there were remarkable stops by opposing net miners. and Jake's done the same thing. Scott yeah. Wedgwood's done the same thing to, what do you think the Oilers were thinking coming out of that third period? <laughs> you know, what do you think Calgary was thinking coming out of the third period in, in uh saddle dome? So it, it happens. Uh, it's a very, it's a very goalie league. At times, uh, you know, it, it just is. You, if if your guy's playing unconscious and standing on his head, as we say, then your team's probably going to prevail. And if he's having just kind of an ordinary night or subordinary, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. It's a weird game that way. All these <laughs> good things could be going on, all these wonderful things, and it all either gets uh, messed up by the, by the netminder or it gets, uh, you know, haloed by the goaltender. He's the hero on your side. So fascinating, important position. Uh, much like lead on team generated podcasts, I would I would put those two things together. Mike, go ahead, laugh. <laughs> Upcoming, uh, the uh, road trip here. They go to Columbus. Have you been following this? So the Blue Jackets were in. Dallas, good game for the Stars. That was a good game. Yep. The 
Man, they they had the weird coaching thing at the beginning of the year. Mike Babcock was going to be their coach, and then wasn't Pascal Vincent was going to be the assistant coach. He gets thrust into the head position. He has had no problem, I mean no problem, using healthy scratch and benchings. It, it, it's been fascinating to watch from a distance. They're the blue benchings, not the blue jackets. <laughs> See, and they thought they were going to a player's coach, didn't they? <laughs> like, from it, right. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he has taken some young guys r- right from the beginning and just been like, nope, not playing tonight. Nope, yeah. not playing tonight. And taking guys making oodles of money and, and their marquee faces and said, no, you're not going to play this period. It's like, wow, accountability in the hizzy. Can change your culture pretty quick. Uh, Winnipeg, we go up there. I'm not sure about the Jets. I don't, no. I don't even know. Do you? No. They're like three points back at the stars. The central's very tight. That's yes. the other thing I should have pointed out at the beginning, too. As we sit there, and it's like, well, this is not going that well, and they need to be better at this. They lead the central division. Yeah. Yeah, which includes uh, the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, like they're in top spot in the division. So shut up, you two. And like uh, I said, their losses are to Vegas, uh, Toronto. Um, who uh, what was the last one? Uh, last night, Boston and and Vancouver. And those teams are playing. I mean, Toronto's a little bit iffy, but those other three are top notch teams. So it's even at seven three and one. You know, three of their losses are to top-notch teams. All right, good in- interjection. That was a positive. That was a positive oh, thing. Was? I was trying to. Interject. Oh, well done. That was excellent. Uh, yeah. So we'll talk see about the- my beard. My beard's growing in pretty good. I've, I've like talked to Brian Ray about how do I trim it up and everything. Oh, are you worried that maybe you're getting replaced by Brian Ray? So now you're I'm thinking. Yeah, I think you. A beard. You, you and him had a lot of chemistry there. Are you Mike Ray now <laughs> with a silent K or something? Or? I have to find a different way to spell it. Uh, we're going back into Minnesota for the yeah. first time since, first time since, well, they went there in the preseason. Yeah. Interesting though, the, in, it, to steal a, a word from you, it is yeah. interesting that they went in there in the final game of the preseason and it, it turned a little sassy. It it got a little little friction involved, so there's not a lot of love between the two teams. No. They don't play that way. It just it always it just feels like there's there's not there's not a lot of like going on. It could be an, an excellent tilt there in the wild. They've lived up to their to their moniker. The they have just had wild swings in play interesting quotes that have come out of there too. Oh yeah. People are going well, hard. People, people yeah, have the, the, the foot right to the floor here in the early going. We talk about American Thanksgiving and I, I do know. believe it in the past couple of years, it hasn't really played out as much because you've seen teams really come back in the second half of the season, but boy, these coaches, they don't want to get behind the eight ball. And then no. the, there's expectations everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at, Edmonton, you look at Minnesota, these teams are like, look, this is our time. We're, we're spending a lot of money. These are our best players in the primes of their career, and we need to get going. You're right. I, I think the focus, 
the prime focus that has been put on good starts. You hear everybody, yeah. you know, the stars went through it last year because they'd had some mediocre beginnings to seasons. And it was like, we need to have a good start, set ourselves up, you know, a, a solid opening month and in a bit. And I think everyone is in that vein now. They all are looking at one another and it's like, well, we can't, we can't lose can't lose two in a row. We got to get back. I mean, it, it's an, it's an incredibly tight and pressure cooked first month and a half. How's yeah. that? And I mean, we've been there at the end of the season where it's, it's one or two points. And if you lost those one or two points in November, they come back to hurt you. Well, they all count the same. Isn't that they one do. of the cliches? Is, you know what? The points in October see- count the same as the ones in March, Mike. But I see, I look back at some of the highlights they'll show. So like the Rangers game last year where you, you lose two points on the final, whatever, and it goes down to one or whatever. And like, I think they had a game where they lost both points, like in the final second or two of the game. And it really does. You're like, you can't be doing that. I mean, it really does come to bite you if you're a mediocre team. Yeah. It's always, always better to play from ahead and of that for everybody. And then after that, on Monday, Hitch goes into the big Hall of Fame. I'm very the big Hall of Fame. That. Already Hall yeah. of Famer down here. Yep. And Ken Hitchcock will be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. It's a very goalie-centric uh, Hall of Fame class this year. And then the big man. So congrats to him. Stars in the Blues are having a, a co-party for him up there, which will be nice Saturday. We'll be working, of course. Of course. You know, bringing it to the people. Did you write anything worth our listeners clicking on, Mike? While Uh, you were sitting about? I just did a hey hike it today. Those are always fun. That's not writing. That's answering. That's like a cop-out almost. It is a cop-out. You make our great fans and listeners do your job for you. Is that what you're doing? Kind of, sort of, but I will say that I will say this for whatever reason, I'm stupid and I typically answer these questions pretty honestly. So like if I have a problem with a player, or I don't think this is going well or like, you know, I've gone back and forth on this. Why are we, you know, four dollars below the salary cap thing? And, you know, they're wondering why can't we call up San Coven right now? You're like, well, they're four dollars. They're actually in pretty good shape this year, but they have a history of doing that. and, And I think it's a bad idea. And so then the fans are like, well, why do we do this? And I'm going like, they just think that they they're fine with it. And then you look at last year and uh, Jenks had them where they could get uh, Max Domi and, and uh, Evgeny Dodonov. And I have no idea how they did that when they were sending players back to the minors, you know, 63 times during the regular season, but he pulled it off. So I just, I have to say in, in Jenks, we trust and it'll be fine. But point being is you get answers like that in the uh, wonderful Hey Heike. Yeah, you're speaking of the fabulously sagacious Mark Janko. Yes. Star's assistant general manager. He's smarter than I think he is. I give him a hard time. The interesting thing about this circumstance that they're in right now, where they really can't call anybody up, is that they're not alone. (laughs) No. This is basically the residue of a flat cap and it's been flat for a few years and there's a big hope that it's going to go up 
and go up sizably here in the next year, two, three to help all these GMs out. Because I mean, they're, they're trying to win. You, you, you have an owner that allows you to spend to the cap. So you spend to the cap so, so that you have talent and you, you try to keep a little wiggle room in there. You got to stay compliant, but you also need a little bit of wiggle room. And it's, it's near impossible for these GMs to keep, to keep even like, you know, 400 grand available. Yeah. Well, and the, the other interesting thing about stars is, I mean, look at Miro's contract. <laughs> it's pretty good. Look at Rope's, look at Ottinger's, look at Robert. These are really pretty good contracts for the level of player they are. And they're still 400,000 under the cap. So, I mean, it's tough. It's a tough juggling act. <laughs> they need, this would be bad for the player, but good for the team. If if there was only a little addendum to the rule where you could call the player up, but still pay him his American Hockey League salary, then they could <laughs> squeeze him in. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be fine. But and they'd probably go for it too. I'm sure uh, Stankoven's oh, going to like, yeah, sure. yeah, 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 that's I'll a good point. I'll play for a dollar. <laughs> that's a good point. It's like, are you kidding me? Yes. And then everybody else would be mad at him yes. in the NHLPA, so that would never work. <laughs> but uh, there are probably people that don't realize, like, you make a different salary in the American Hockey League than you do in – the national hockey league, unless you're on a one-way contract where it's right. the same on both, but you know, you can, you can make, uh, 700 and what, what is the minimum now? It's 750 or something like that. 775. Yeah. That, that would be the lowest salary that you can, you can have on an NHL portion of your contract, but they can pay a 150 grand, you know, a hundred grand in the minors. Yeah. Uh, in the American Hockey League. So, and that's what you make when you're there. And that's why it's wonderful to be on the National Hockey League roster. Yeah. You also uh, get to fly in nice planes and stay in nice hotels. Yeah. But even, even if you're not flying on the planes, if you're on the roster, yeah. Days on the roster, Mike. That's what it's all about. Which is one reason why they <laughs> sent them down 68 times last yeah, exactly. year. <laughs> exactly. No kidding. Uh, who's your pod man of the week? We haven't done this in a while. Boy, that's a good question. I didn't go to Canada, so I'm a doofus. Well, I, I know uh, that you were glued to the broadcast. I was. And I, I keep saying so this to you. Like, you, it's really good. The whole broadcast is really good. I mean, I get more sitting on the couch than I do in the arena because you guys are in my ear, in my eyes, and it's wonderful. So kudos to you. Uh, but I like my Tyler Sagan interview uh, before they went on the road. And he was talking about his flow, and then we were coming up with a nickname for the uh, new uh, Marchment, Sagan, and Duchesne line, because they're all from Ontario. And uh, they didn't want the 416, and so I settled on the Bieber bunch. Oh they didn't God. seem to like that much either. <laughs> well, I'm proud of them. <laughs> so that's my pod. Tyler was my pod man of the week, or whatever you want to call it, interview of the week. You could call him the the Dutchy Terrios, couldn't you? There you go. Yeah, he was funny. He uh, he is not from Toronto, so he did not want anything to do with the four one six. Well, no, he's Ontario. Anyway, Correct. Uh, I don't know that just one guy has stuck out to earn the prestigious honor of Podman of the Week this past week. There have been various individuals that have had a, their moments. Yeah. But I, I don't know that you can look at one that just had for a while there. It was like, okay, well, Rope hints. 
we'll have the formal ceremony for Rope at ice level and hand over Podman of the Week to him. And then he didn't generate a shot on goal in Vancouver. So, you know, we're, we grade tough here on yeah. the pod, man. Wyatt's been good. He's been hot and cold. But Wyatt was spectacular last night. He's, right. he's been, he's been the star's best player on home ice. Yes. In the first, what have they played? F- five now? Five home games? Four, four at home and seven on the road. Something like that. No. Cause the next three. Yeah, you're right. You'll, five, five at home. You'll get, and- you'll get around to where I was correct. There you, you go. You uh you like the home road thing. To me, it's all just a blur. Like you you'll dice up road stats versus home stats, and I'm just like, whatever. Who cares mm. what building they're in? Mm-hmm. But I've noticed but, there's a trend. That's why you're a writer Dar- and I'm a broadcaster. The Daryl Ray playbook. And uh, you're very big on mm. where are you? Is it at home, on the road? Well, it's power it's- play. All depends on how you want to parse things, Mike. Hmm. You do you, I'll do me, okay? Okay. And Vic will do Vic, which brings me to the fact that you can receive a special in-game seat visit from Dallas Stars mascot Victor E. Green at your next Dallas Stars game. Your seat visit will include a swag bag of goodies and custom commemorative puck Whoa. Uh, from Vic himself, actually. Does Vic sign it, do you think? He might. Maybe. Maybe. All you have to do is visit DallasStars.com slash seat visit to purchase. Can I, can I give you a little in, inside information? All of the young kids in my extended family have stuffed Victor E. Greens I got for Christmas. Are they and, club members? Uh, they are not. See, that's another think, thing you can do with, with Vic's I, yeah, kids. I need to. And get a personal introduction. I have a I have a platinum Vix Kids card. Next Whoa. level. Next level. You know, Razor has no rant this week either. Wow. Uh, instead, I want to offer up a digital hug to our old friend Tom Holy <laughs> and the San Jose Sharks. Shellac back to back in embarrassing fashion. They allowed 10 goals in back-to-back games. It's the first time a team has been aerated like that since I was born. It's a long time ago. They are the only team in the National Hockey League without a win. And they already have a minus 43 goal differential. Now... They must keep in mind the road to Easy Street always goes through the sewer. There are very good people there. I hope they get it stabilized somewhat. Make no mistake, they are prepared to lose. It's a rebuild. They're not retooling out there. They are rebuilding. But nobody wants to be humiliated game in and game out. And look, prior to this back-to-back fiasco that they had to deal with. They they were getting beat, they but they weren't getting throttled, you know. They they might be on the shot clock, but they're hanging in. They just compete. That's all they want, right? And yep. uh man, oh man, that was 
That was tough. I mean, it was going on. The Canuck game was going on, and we were watching it out of the corner of our eye, and we're like, oh, my God. I think they gave – did they give up eight through two periods in that one? I think so, yeah. It was, yeah. It was Look, quick it, and fast. It, it happens. The, the thing that strikes there, – there's a couple things that strike me about the, the Bruins when they were in town last night, and we were talking about their season last year, and this whole 10 goals against thing. Oh, look, the Stars were involved in one last year. Yep. The Sabres gave up 10 to the Stars in that nutty game where it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And if you go back and you, you look through some of the, the media guides and that, I think people forget what some of the scores in the National Hockey League were, you know, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it was. I mean, it... Like fifteen eight and that was not yeah. out of the norm. Well, pretty bad goaltending back then. <laughs> Whatever it was, different goaltending. Let's not I'm call it joking. bad. I'm joking. I'm talking no, you're about not. my friend Daryl Ray. Oh. He was part of the pretty bad goalt. Oh my god! You got under four, didn't you? Isn't that your career's under four? Got a eight eighty five save percentage, Mike. which was pretty much normal for back then. Well, you're wrong. Aren't you glad I'm here? Don't, didn't you miss me last week? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. But look, when when teams are in what they're in right now, they're they're going to get hammered from time to time. And it's just the fact that it happened on back-to-back games like that. And obviously, I'm telling you, the closed-door meetings around the NHL are proliferating. They had one. Uh, somebody, uh, Chicago had one. The yeah. Blackhawks had a closed door players only meeting. We're 11 games into the season. I, you know, there's a lot going on out there. I know. Uh, but the thing I wanted to point out, I forgot when we were talking about the Bruins and the season they had, they set the NHL record uh, for most wins 65. They broke Tampa's record from not that long ago. No. Would they, they be, Tampa won 62, right? 63? I 62. Think so. I think 62, 62. or 63, because I think Detroit won 62 as well back in the heyday. It did? Yeah. I think Scotty was the one who's, I think you're they wrong. first set the, okay, um, you probably Did they right. tie, so then Tampa tied Detroit? I think they may have, or they may have gotten to 63. I'll have to look. But I know that Scotty back in the day had one of the best. It may have been 61, but it was, you know, it set the record for most points, most wins. And then that got broken now. If only there was a way of checking these things. Hey, Mike? You just pull stuff out of the air. I I can't just, you know, I'm an old man. My brain doesn't work anymore. So the Bruins win 65. Yes. And they broke Tampa's record, which I believe was 63. I think they beat them by three. Okay. And again, both of these clubs, the modern clubs, benefit from being able to win a game in either overtime with three players on the ice or a shootout with just one player on the ice. Correct. They didn't have that back in the day. The Montreal Canadiens back in the seventies won 60 of 80 with no overtime. Yep. 60 of 80. They won. If there was overtime, cause they, I think they had like eight ties or something that year. I mean, with the team they had, they probably would have won. I, uh, they might have won all of them, but they yeah. would have won. Let's say they won six of eight. They would have won 66 of 80. Yep. That's, that's quite a hockey club. That's, that's quite a year. 
So taking nothing away from what no. Monty and the Bruins did last year. No, no, no. My God. And now they, they've only lost one game this year. Yeah. That's, this is, well, by Ray's standards, too. By Daryl Ray's record, they have lost two Yeah, they games. finished with fewer goals than the other team twice. You're right. There you go. You're right. Hey, can I give you a little aside, a little just th- something to watch? Can't wait. The Edmonton Oilers will be playing the San Jose Sharks next. So you want to talk about pressure for Edmonton? <laughs> what if they lose that game? <laughs> hmm. It's just, you know, talking about the pressure of the early season and everything. <laughs> a, lot, a lot on the table for pressure that Pressure cooker. They, never, they didn't see that as a pressure cooker. No, they the didn't see that one coming. The year when they were looking at it on the calendar. Uh, the, two quick things as well before we close shop here. Another coach got kicked out last night. It was the Oilers head coach uh, who got turfed from the game. Like, I remember when uh, Greg Cronin, who's the very fiery coach of the Anaheim Ducks this season, we were there. We saw him at morning skate. Yeah. <laughs> he went off on his team for a while. And you can see that, that he's, he's wound pretty tight in behind that bench. And he got himself kicked out. Uh, I think that one was over some kind of video review. And this one was just frustration and there was explanation off that but that's a couple coaches that have been kicked out of the game in the first six weeks of the season and that that never used to happen the, the officials pretty much just put up their guard and took the abuse from the guys behind the bench but as people have pointed out there this year at the general managers meetings they brought the coaches in as well and the league basically said to them that all this barking and foul mouth vitriol that's coming from behind the benches continually in these games and it's getting caught on cameras is not good for our sport. So stop it. And uh, I guess this is the repercussion, right? If you don't stop it, if, if you continue on with it, we're, we're not, just going to stand there and take it you're going to get kicked out yeah i'm a fan and you set the standard early and tell everybody look you're not it's not going to happen get kicked out and fined right yeah and the message gets sent yeah remember bones got kicked out right i believe he did remember i know he's gotten slamming sticks because they were talking about him uh people paying his fine fine. did he get kicked out too when he was coaching the preds he might have. He got question. fined for sure. I don't think he got kicked out of the game, though. I don't think he got kicked I'm out. I'm not sure. The best place to get kicked out is Winnipeg, Montreal. I'm trying to think if there are any other ones where they have to walk across the ice. That is funny. That, was the, that one in Vancouver last night with Woodcroft was, was too easy. Just walked out the tunnel and off well, he just turned around. I mean, it, it yeah. basically took three strides and he was in darkness down that hallway in Vancouver now where they have a, a steakhouse on the other side of the window. You should, oh my God, they've redone things there. There's a frigging steakhouse, like a luxury steakhouse right next to the stick rack in a little tunnel to the star's dressing room. 
And the same it, window on the other side to the where the Canucks come off. They're asking fans to pay a lot of money. You know, man, they, they, got, they got to get rewarded for their uh, high value tickets. That that used to just be like old gum and popcorn boxes and and uh, whatever else. It really else. did look like under the stands. I mean, back Dead in the rodents. day, you'd walk out there, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna go. Oh my now God, there's a steakhouse there. <laughs> the wine list. Wagyu. Unreal. Uh, the other thing is scoring is off a tad. Did you see that? And yes. It, I mean, it, it just is. Power plays are not as scintillating as they were a year ago. And I agree with that. And the, the games have been just a little bit more, I guess, a trend against the grain for years. I, it seems I'm like it always ramping up. I've given a lot of credit up, to but. the goalies. It's just like... Every game I watch, there are goalies yeah, well, making just incredible saves here and there. Yeah, goalies are phenomenal. There's no question. And, and terrific people. Really the <laughs> pillars of society. But the, the coaching is so deep now. Yes. And they, they are, I mean, staffs are huge. Coaches are smart. Analytics are involved. Everybody's so prepared in that that. I think again, it, that's what happens when you, the game, when the sport get the coaches get their their fingers into the in, into whatever's going on, they want to control things. And if offense starts to shift to where, hey, what's going on there? They put a clamp down. Yeah, Sebi was said that uh, Jim Neal gave him a hard time at one of his summer camps or whatever he was doing, that he had too many coaches on the ice. And he goes, now I look out there, he has more coaches than I did. So, yeah. I mean, they really are. I mean, you look at what they've added over the summer to the support staff and the coaching staff, and it's a lot of people out there teaching. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. It's, it, every, yeah. every staff is is big, and and they're, they're the thing I like about it, though, is that at least a chunk of it is about skills, skating, scoring. It's not yes. all just, you know, lock it down, but that's what coaches like to do. They like to control things. Yes. And they like to control offense, essentially, the other team's offense. They want their side to score, just not the other side. So anyway, that's all I have. I'm looking forward to – uh to getting on on the road and and seeing seeing Canada again, we were up there for a bit. Had our poppies on for Remembrance Day. I, li- I like that. It's- Veterans Day down here. Yeah, yeah. Military night last night. Appreciation that was fantastic too. That anthem was that was a brilliant anthem last yes. night too. Selena Ray kills it every night, but. Man, that was something else. Felt good. Yeah, she was in on there. in between periods, and she was very appreciative of it. And I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. But from one anthem singer to the next, it was just a, a great thank you. It's, you know what, Mike? It's a damn good venue that American Airlines Center on. It really is. Night. I mean, it, it, it I is people. a party in there. Yes, like I mean, it is. You know what? When you get back out onto the road again, you can forget from time to time. But we get back out on the road, and you know some. Some buildings are better than others, let's say. Yes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're trying to get more of a vibe, an American vibe, and probably a Dallas vibe in some of the Canadian buildings and that. Like Edmonton was really disappointing. I think, yeah. I think they just wait around to boo. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, like it, they, they tried there. You can feel it right from warm up. Everybody's trying to get that sort of Vegas warm up feel in their buildings. And some are doing a better job than others, but man, there, there, there's very few that, that can touch what goes on at American Airlines Center on a star's night. So, yeah. The buildings are so big, too. I mean, you know, the, it took a little while for the American Airlines Center to get that reunion arena feel just because there's just so much space there that you got to fill with noise. Well, we filled space for 45 <laughs> minutes or so uh, with our noise, Mike. Time to go, people, I think. People are loving it. No, I don't think so. But we did <laughs> fill the commitment. And a reminder, you can read all of Mike Heike's airplane seat pros on DallasStars.com, and you can peruse my summations on Instagram at Razor4Real. Michael, looking forward to having you next to me. Are you coming on the trip? I should have asked that first, probably. (laughs) I am am coming. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm back in the fall. uh, well, just remember. They need some wins here. These are teams that they should be beating. That's just my my oh encouraging my God, statement from you. the from the peanut gallery. Listen to you. You're usually poly positive. And I know. You, but they they need to win. Gonna, they need oh, to win well, yeah, games. but they need to win some games here. I'm yeah. tired of this, Daryl. Score yeah, some goals. Two in a row. What a joke. Just remember, necessary intentionality is a study of aboutness. Thank you. Until next time. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. I cracked myself up. (laughs) Hey, it's Joe Pavelski. Here's Pavelski for the hat trick. He scores! Did you know there's a digital home for Texas hockey? Download the official Dallas Stars app, powered by AT&T, to access and easily manage your tickets. Plus, receive access to exclusive in-app contests, streaming, and so much more. Download it now in the App Store and Google Play Store by searching Dallas Stars. The official Dallas Stars app is the only way to manage your Stars tickets.